Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the Mental Dimes NCAA Men's Basketball Podcast, Episode 3, after a wild week for college basketball. Crazy month. Oh, my gosh. Shay and I are just, like, texting each other all night long, just like, dude, did you see who went here? Who went We're here? trying to tweet everything out like John Rothstein. It was a headache. <laughs> I don't know. I don't, I don't have a – he has to – I swear to God he has a team. There's no way – you never that guy just sits there all day. Yeah, it's insane. But um, nuts, crazy stuff. Awesome. I mean, a lot of awesome movement for college basketball. So we have a lot to talk about. And before we get going, we are presented by Mental Dimes. You don't know who we are? Please go check out mentaldimes.com. Your one spot for all your sporting news. You want NBA playoffs? You want fantasy football? You want NFL coverage to soccer? It doesn't even matter. All of our great writers have got stuff for you. And if you would like to get more updated news, whether you want uh, live scores to trade rumors, please make sure that you go follow us at Mental Dimes. The names stay the same across all the all the accounts. Um, and also, if you want to check out our stuff specifically for college basketball, check out our Twitter account at Mental Dimes NCAAM. And I am Trevor Howman. This is Shay Irish. And Shay, what do we got going on today, man? All right, well, we're going to have our first guest on today. Um, it's a guy that Trevor knows personally. His name's Kareem Scott. He played for Eastern Washington in the Big Sky back in the late 90s. Averaged 17 a game as a senior. Um, then he went on to play professionally overseas for three years in Greece and Finland. So that's pretty big news that we're going to get him on the show. Super and cool. then once that interview is over, we'll go into the top 15 transfers of the month of May, which was definitely a hectic month. Um, we probably could have done top 50 and still had good names towards the end. Brutal. Oh, just crazy. So then after that, we're going to get to Elite Eight segment number two. This week, we'll be breaking down the top eight storylines or moments of the 2021-22 college basketball year. And if you want to have some fun, you can always tweet at Shea Irish one right now, I believe. Uh, yeah. Ask him who won last week's let's just Let's just skip right I get, but um, also before we get going, this was awesome news for Mental Dimes. Again, we're we're still growing, and it's you know been quite a boom in the past month since we launched our 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 official official website. But um, one of our writers, I'm throwing him up here right now, Jamie Malloy, wrote a really awesome piece on the legacy of Dick Vitale, and Dickie V threw him an actual shout out on Twitter. So jealous, so jealous, cool. Um, I mean, it was, it was, we tweeted out obviously on our account, all the accounts ended up doing that because everyone was like, whoa, that's wild. But if you want to go follow him specifically, he is at DJ dog tags, D-A-W-G-T-A-G-Z. Definitely go Um, read that article too. It's some good stuff. It is really cool. I mean, if you, if you like college basketball, obviously you love Dick Vitale. Yeah. Um, How can you not? I, he's, he's awesome, baby. Best guy in the world. So, and his comeback from, you know, cancer this year made awesome amazing headlines would have made a great storyline <sighs> that was amazing yeah i can't believe you didn't add that in it's a good honorable mention we'll get to that yeah. but before we get going uh we are sponsored by adela's pizza best pizza in the pacific northwest i said on last episode i think we had adela's three days in a row not ashamed it is the greatest pizza of all time uh, but also just one of the best restaurants for whatever the occasion you want to come in belly up to the bar you want to watch a game with your friends they have a full bar and plenty of TV screens there for you. If you want to bring in your family um, and just have like a nice sit down restaurant dinner, you're more than welcome to do that as well. Or even call ahead. I mentioned last week too, I walked in, it was like a 35 top of soccer teams 
So, <laughs> I mean, call in advance, just make a reservation and they will totally hook you up. Parents had great beer. Kids had tons of fun. They have an awesome kids menu on top of all the great food that they've got. Um, we love it. Also, I can't believe I mentioned this. They have beer bites. And if you don't know what that is, it is like is pretzel bite magic in heaven rolled into like it's yeah, it's their pizza dough. They take it. They like they they cut it up into like little pretzel bites, but then they just give you a bunch of dipping sauces. And wow. I mwah, mwah. and the cinnamon ones when my wife was pregnant. Magic thousands thousands of pounds of pizza of beer bites so Too bad i'm on the opposite side of the country one day you know maybe i'll send it to you i could just like care package you please make sure you go check them out they are at adelos.com that is a-d-e-l-o-s.com or you can follow them on social media as well at adelos pizza so thank you to them and shay we're ready to go man yeah we're ready to go do it. Let's talk ball. So we were going to jump straight in and send you up with the interview. Um, I was fortunate enough to meet with Kareem, um, again, a, a personal friend of mine, uh, you know, a former basketball player for Eastern Washington Eagles, but I uh, wanted to throw his interview up here just to get us started. Yep. So oh, quickly, if you guys aren't familiar with the Big Sky, uh, Damian Lillard is from Weber State. They're from there. Um, this guy averaged 17 a game in that league. They've had quite a few um, good teams go to the tournament. I think in the 90s, Weber State beat uh, UNC as a 14 seed. And then they three, two or three years later, they beat Michigan State again, seeded as a 14 seed. So they've had some really good teams in, over the years. And this guy uh, was one of the best to come through there in the 90s. And it, it is a it's a really cool program. I mean, obviously, it's, it's much smaller than your, your Pac-12s and your power conferences, yeah. but if you remember a couple of years ago, the, the Groves brothers who are now both at Oklahoma. Yeah, at a 10 point um, lead on Kansas in the tournament. That's, that's, yeah. Like they, they carried the team into the tournament, um, gave them a good run, gave them a shot at, at going a little bit further. But so the big sky certainly comes in with they're they're no joke. And they're obviously a small mid major, but they have definitely put together some good tournament teams. Yeah, and very um, Kareem diehard fan, obviously. And so it, it, it was a really cool opportunity to check in with him. So again, big shout out to Kareem. Thanks, man. Appreciate you. Definitely. And here we go. Hey, there we go. Yeah. Uh, what's up, everyone? Welcome on Kareem Scott, good friend of the podcast and our very first guest for Shay and I, which Kareem, I believe means you're going to get the Bobby Bonilla treatment for us. Like at, when we make millions, we're just going to get you a cut. There we go. This, but <laughs> Um, I'm going to give a quick intro for Kareem because he is far too humble to actually share too much about how good at basketball he was. But here's an FYI about who Kareem was. So Kareem Scott was the leading scorer for the Eastern Eagles in 1997-98. For reference, it's the same year you've got Paul Pierce, Vince Carter, Dirk Nowitzki going in the draft. Um, and since Kareem won't say it, uh, he averaged 17.4 points a game, had seven boards, 1.2 assists, Shot 52% from the field, and for a while, I believe you were top in the country in steals. 
He finished his senior season second in the Big Sky in points, rebounds, steals, field goal percentage, was selected to the first team all-conference his senior year, was honorable mention junior year, was two-time player of the week in 98. I mean, we could probably keep doing this for a very, very long time. But um, enjoyed a great collegiate career, Went uh, had the opportunity to go play overseas, and we are super excited to have him on. He currently coaches high school here in eastern Washington, um, near the Eastern Washington campus, and he is an awesome human for some of the most impoverished kids that we have in the state. They absolutely gravitate towards him. I've had the opportunity to work with him for many years now. Um, such an awesome human, a ray of light, and a lot of kids' lives that don't have very many. And so we're super thankful that you're able to make some time for us. So welcome. Welcome on, mm -hmm. man. Thanks for having me. Yeah. And so softball question, just to get us rolling here. Game between Shay and I, she's not here, but imagine a decent ball player in your prime, a game to 21. How badly do you beat us? Man, it's uh, a good question. Um, <laughs> but to be honest, you know, in, in my prime, if it's make it, take it, it's probably 21 0. Um, uh, but but if, if, it, if it's, you know, not make it, take it, you guys will have a chance because you guys know what you're doing. But. That was a much better answer than I, I thought you were going to go the nice route and be like, well, like you guys, you know, you might score. No, the only reason we would score on you is because you let us score on you. So uh, I, I laugh, I laugh. So we definitely want to talk to you about your college career over at Eastern. So you started out high school in California, state champion, elite company there. And you started at New Mexico and then headed up to Eastern. What drew you up to Eastern Washington and what kind of kept you here? Uh, so I was a partial qualifier at uh, New Mexico State, meaning I um, practiced but couldn't play. Um, so um, I transferred to a junior college in San Francisco. Um, uh, we, you know, had a great season. I have a twin brother, so we, we played on the same team. I think we're 25 and 8, um, made it to the state uh, semifinals, uh, lost to a really good team. Um, and um, uh, then uh, I met uh, David Carter, who was one of the assistant coaches at Eastern. And they started uh, recruiting me, um, and I think for about three months they called me every day, um, and um, came up for a visit. And I think um, I probably wanted to sign that first day. Um, I just fell in love with with everything about uh, you know Cheney, Eastern Washington. So sweet. Did you have any other schools that were really kind of heavily on your trail? Yeah, um, I mean bigger schools. Uh, um, I was getting recruited by Oregon State, um, Iowa State. Um, um, you know. Really, the, the school I really wanted to go to was USF, um, but, um, you know, the, uh, the Ventura College coach, um, the state champions that, that we lost to in the semis, he got the head coaching job. And I think he took about five players with him there. So they had really good Love incoming it. class. So they didn't even recruit me. But, um, um, but you know, I think it, it was just, you know, I wanted to play Division One, you know, and, and, and have an opportunity to play. You know, um, my junior college coach played at Gonzaga. Um, and, and so, but never any interest and they weren't, uh, what they are now. Um, but, um, but, you know, I think having an opportunity to play at a division one school and, you know, having an opportunity to shoot, you know, 15 to 20 times, you know, that, that, uh, kind of, kind of sold me right there. That's pretty good reason. I like it. Okay. And so this next question is actually from Shay and it's kind of a follow-up to why you're here at Eastern. So you jump into the big sky conference. Mm -hmm incredible talent over you know several years especially in the late 90s early 2000s you've got the really tough uh you know montana teams in that early 2000 range um what was it really like playing against you know 
the Big Sky Conference because Shay and a lot of our viewers are over on the East Coast and don't mm-hmm. catch a lot of those games. Like, what did it, what was it like playing night in and night out during the late eighties there? Late night. Yeah, no, I got you. I got you. Um, I, I think you know, obviously, you know, fast forward, you know, 15, 16 years, um, um, it's not what it is now in terms of shooting threes. You know, um, um, getting up and down the court. You know, so I think it was. It was I, I would probably say about you know sixty possessions a, a game, um, maybe maybe sixty five. Um, so really slow down basketball. You know, I think that's for me, <clears throat> uh, particularly myself, when we played against San Diego State's. You know, some of the bigger schools that got up and down the court. You know, you know our team could score more points when it came to the Big Sky. Um, it was, you know, 60 points. You know, I, I'm not sure if we had too many games unless we played against like Cal State, uh, Northridge and, and Sacramento State. Then we had like 70, 80 point games. Um, but it was slow down, um, um, tempo, basketball, um, um, defense, you know. So it, it was, you know, good, great competition, um, um, but uh, just not what it is now. The game has just changed so much. For sure. Is there like a team – in particular back then that you remember playing in the in conference play that you were like these guys are legit this is this is a tough team to have to go against well, well honestly all of them but a, a couple stand out NAU uh, Northern Arizona University was really really good um, um, you know I think uh, they won the the regular season and the Big Sky Championship you know um, every year I was at Eastern yeah. um, you know uh, Montana State was always good they had some shooters uh, Montana um, um, you know, they were, they were good also too. Um, you know, I would say Montana, Montana state and, um, uh, Northern Arizona. Nice. So with, obviously you've got some competition there in the big sky. Um, and just looking back like it, your senior year, I think you guys took third in the conference yeah. or in regular season, I believe. Um, but then outside of conference play, you got a chance to play some of the really big schools. Mm-hmm. So at the time it was pac 10. And specifically, mm-hmm. you, you know this question is coming. It's going to go against Wazoo. Mm-hmm. So Eastern Washington, is for context, is like 40 minutes away from Washington yeah. State. And you get a chance to go play in the Toyota Center at a neutral site. And for the first time in school history, when you, Eastern's only beat Wazoo twice ever, you get to knock off the Cougars in an overtime game. What was that feeling? That's a, that's a pretty sweet yeah. game to have on your resume. Yeah, you know, I, I think um, you know they we, we played them in Cheney and and they beat us pretty bad the year before. Um, you know, I think anytime you you have a chance to, um, I guess, make history, um, it, it's pretty special. Um, you know, so we, um, um, you know, and, and then it being a neutral site game also too. Um, but I, I think I told you this before. They their best player uh, signed a, a professional contract in Europe like two three days before, so that helped also too. Um, but, but, um, you know, it, it, it was awesome. You know, I think it was a neutral site in uh, Yakima. Um, so it wasn't on campus in Pullman. Um, so they didn't have a ton of fans, you know, so I think that played a, a huge part, but, um, it was awesome. You know, I think having an opportunity to beat a pack 10 team at the time. Um, and, and, um, um, we had just, um, earlier in that season, we lost to UW, you know, so I think, um, um, it was nice to actually, uh, get a win. And, and like I said, uh, create, um, you know, make some history and, and be part of that. Um, it, it was awesome. Was that probably is that the biggest win you probably had in your college career, or was there one or one or two games you were like, no, that's that's the one I remember the most? Um, yeah, yeah, only because of the conference, you know, and, and the history, you know, I guess the rich history of the Pac-10, Pac-12 now. Um, but absolutely, 
you know, and then to have um, a big game also too. I think I was, you know, high twenties, you know, so you're having a, having a, you know, and plus o- overtime game, you get a couple more minutes to score. Um, so I think it was, uh, it was, it was good to, to not only beat them, but to have a really, really good game and to be part of that. And one of the reasons we won, it, it, it was awesome. But yeah, that was probably the biggest one, you know, to be honest. Yeah, absolutely. So, I'm, I'm trying to formulate a, a question that's kind of connected around that, but you've now got, or do you still follow Eastern as like, is oh, that still your, your, your ultimate teams? Uh, 100% always will be too. Okay, good, good, good. So you've got, then obviously, you know, recently the Groves brothers take mm-hmm. Eastern um, all the way to the NCAA tournament. Yeah. Um, where would you put your win against like the Cougs in that, at that time period when, you know, Eastern wasn't necessarily like nationally relevant right. compared to how they are now. What do you think has changed over the years that kind of helped Eastern grow? Well, I, I think, you know, um, I think you started asking me like, you know, some of the things that they've done recently compared to that win. I mean, I think some of the things they've done in the last, let's say 10 years have, have probably eclipsed what we did in 98, you know, um, but um, I think, I'll put it to you this way. Um, obviously, you know, the, the some of the talent that the Big Sky has produced over the years, um, you know, Damian Lillard, you know. Um, but to see two players go from Eastern to the Big 12 and start, you know, and, and, and I know, you know, Oklahoma, um, new coaching staff and, and all that good stuff, but it doesn't matter. They're playing against big other Big 12 teams, and, and the Groves uh, boys are, are, are starting playing big minutes, you know, I, I watched them play like three or four games this year. Um, they weren't just on the court. They were contributing, mm-hmm. you know, so I think to see those guys go from the big sky to the big 12 and do really well, I, I think it speaks volumes, you know, um, um, you know, I think more than anything I can say, um, it, it just what they did this year and probably what they'll do next year. Um, um, it it, it, it um, speaks for itself. And they they got kind of snubbed pretty hard. We've actually talked oh, about absolutely. this in the podcast last episode. Yeah. Oklahoma really, I think, kind of got screwed out over the draft, but that might also be a little biased because we we do like the Gross Brothers over here in Spokane. Absolutely. Um, so in kind of talking about players that we kind of like and appreciate, this question comes specifically from Shay, and I, I'm mm-hmm. going to read it verbatim because he's got a couple names here that are important. He said, I know you played against Kenny Thomas from New Mexico, who became an All-American with the Lobos in 98, and also against quite a few other players that were selected in the first round of the draft. And then you obviously went and played against some really great competition professionally overseas. Mm-hmm. Who is maybe the one, maybe even two players that you were like, those guys really stand out playing, whether you played against them or you played with them. You were like, that, those guys were good. All right. So in terms of college guys, you know, Kenny Thomas was really good. Um, um, Clayton Shields, he was on that team also too. I think when we played them, they were either ranked seventh or 14th in the nation. Um, but, uh, they had Kenny Thomas, which, you know, first round draft pick, but, um, the other player, I would say we played against Baylor, um, in 98 and Brian Skinner was on that team. I think he got drafted in the lottery, uh, with the Clippers. Um, you know, we, he was really, really good. Um, you know, I think he had a triple double, like 10 blocks in the game. Um, um, he was amazing. You know, uh, um, you know, I think, uh, uh, I tried to dunk on him, and and uh, um, he he wasn't having it. So, <laughs> I mean, but you know, like he was probably the best guy I played against in college. Um, but obviously, getting drafted, you know, 14th overall, you know, kind of speaks for itself right there. So, but yeah, that's uh, pretty good. It's pretty good. So then, so let's move on to like you 
you're out of college now you're trying out for the nba um and you said that at one point you kind of worked with the pro-am like in between seasons before yeah, you jumped so, to- um so i i um um you know obviously i'm from san francisco and and, and so my uncle um coached in the pro-am um in in san francisco and so when I was younger, I would, would have a uniform and just warm up and, 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 and go to practices and not play. But once I got to college, I started playing. Um, you know, so I think having uh, opportunities to play against um, uh, Sharif uh, Abdul-Rahim, um, Jason Kidd, Brian Shaw, um, Dale Davis, um, just a ton of NBA guys in the Bay Area program. Um, I only really played two years, you know, when I was in college. Um, and, and, and can, can, you know, actually contribute, you know, on the court. Um, but, but seeing it, going to practices, um, you know, being around it, um, I think that helped. You know, uh, um, I had a summer job working at, on, the, on the pier, and a lot of the guys who worked on the pier, because that team, that, that, that company sponsored the team. Um, a lot of the deckhands were, were overseas guys. So um, I kind of grew up around, you know, overseas guys. My cousin played um, for about 14, 15 years. Um, before I had an opportunity to play. Um, so I think um, um, just being around high-level basketball, um, you know, kind of, you know, gave me the opportunity to see it and want to, you know, to, to do it also. Um, but then also um, to, to, to kind of get raised by that, you know, helped me a lot. That's, I mean, obviously you're just hanging out with the league company. You're practicing with them all the time. You're going to get better for sure. So, <laughs> No one. Do you have like a memory where you're like, dude, I totally dunked on Jason Kidd? Do you have any anything like that? Where no. like I cross so and so or anything that's like sticks in your memory? Like this is the coolest thing I've ever done against the pro ever. Um, I'll put it to you, two things. One, um, like right after uh, Sharif got drafted, we played against him and I almost dunked on him, but he fouled me, and uh, <laughs> um, and I said I almost got you, and and he wasn't too too happy about it, so he said some expletives, and uh, I went shot. <laughs> throws um but um we, we were playing against jason kidd um I, and i had to you know guard him um, um but uh um you know i got a steal and and um I, I dunked it so hard he comes back and he goes man um you're gonna break your hand dunking like that you know so that was cool to to hear you know a kid say you know um you know one you know um you know you know, dunking and, 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 and you know, kind of, you know, getting some lessons from him was, was pretty cool. But, um, but you know, I think, and, and you know, he, he was he was nice. He took it easy on me. But when we played against uh, Tim Hardaway, um, he wasn't nice. <laughs> he wasn't nice. Um, uh, I, I tell you, I, I'll never forget it. Um, you know, because obviously when you play in the program, you, you guard who guards you. Um, there's no cross matches. So you have to guard him. So, um, so he, he you know, was guarding me. So I had to guard him. Um, long night, he had like 48, <laughs> Not, no joke. And then it was, uh, it was 48, um, um, embarrassing points, you know, um, but that one stood out because, you know, my friends were at that game and, and just to be on the court with those guys. And, 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 um, you know, I think when we played Jason Kitty gave me some shoes and, and all that good stuff. So they, they were, they were really nice. You know, I think they, they, um, um, you know, they came up from, from, you know, where I was from and, 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 you know, they, they, even though they, they came to win. You know, and they always stack their teams, though. They always have like six NBA guys on their team, and 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 um, but uh, but no, it, it was it was awesome to play against those guys and and um, um, you know people you idolize and and, and also but also want to be, you know. That's 
what a problem to have, first of all, to be yeah. ducking so hard. Like I get told that so often <laughs> in my, my five foot eight career. So, but no, that's awesome. You get a chance to play with them. And, and so with that, like, I know that you had those opportunities and then you eventually took kind of your talent overseas. So I've never known, and I know a lot of people are like, I don't, what does that process even look like? So, I, and I know you've mentioned that that is different then versus how it is now. So mm-hmm. can you kind of break down, you end your college career, You've tried out for NBA. It's not going. It doesn't pan out. What is the process? What does that look like for you in the you know late '90s to go play overseas? And then how might it be a little bit different today? Well, even even before uh, um, all of that, you know, um, I'll put it this way: when when you're getting recruited to go to college, um, you get letters, and 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 so they you know tell you how great you are and all that good stuff, um, and then you um, you know go visit and, and then you go from there. Same thing. You know, you you the you, you have a sports agent who obviously, you know, that's their job to to you know see their local talent, I guess, you know, um, and so they just send letters out to, to prospects. And so I our I think our sports information director came and brought me some letters and and um, you know it was just pick who you want. Um and and um and, and I think the 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 unfortunate part is you know in ninety eight um, a lot has changed now. Um, so, you know, obviously you have agents who are certified by the NBA and, and, and some guys who aren't, you know, um, I had an opportunity to, to, you know, the agents that I signed with, they weren't NBA certified agents. Um, I went, when I went and met one guy, I was going to sign with, um, um, I won't say his name. Um, but, um, one of his, I guess, uh, client is, uh, um, uh, his friends, um, clients was Michael Dickerson um, um, from the, the Seattle area. Um, he had just got drafted by the Houston Rockets. So um, uh, I met, we met him at the gym um, and, and played. We were on the same team. So he took me back to my hotel. We, you know, and he, like in his $100,000 car. Um, and then, so, yeah, this kid bought a $100,000 car before he bought a home, you know. So, um, but, um, but yeah, so, you know, um, you know, I think, you know, talking to, to, to Michael, he said, you know, um, you know, if, if he had, you know, more experience with NBA guys, he would sign with them because he's known them for a long time. You know, I think that's the process when you don't, when you, when your agent doesn't have, you know, the access to the NBA, you're just talking to, to teams overseas, you know? Um, and, and, you know, I, I, I imagine it's the same, you know, now in terms of, of, of them, you know, I, I guess now it would probably be, you know, some social media stuff, you know, inboxes sure. and all that good stuff. But, um, but no, it's the same thing. They recruit you. Um, but, but obviously I think, um, if you're an NBA prospect, um, the, the recruitment is probably a lot more grander, you know, than it was for me, yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know, but, um, but no, I think, I think it, it was, it was easy in terms of, um, being a good player, um, someone wanting to represent you having that opportunity. Um, and then we go from there. That's cool. Yeah. I, I feel like that's one of those like really gray areas where we just say things like, oh, yeah, so and so just you went and played overseas. It's like, yeah. how do you how do you do that? Well, that's what I missed out. Yeah, I, well, I, I, I will put it this way. There, there's another thing also, too. I think I think when you, um, you know, obviously it, it's there's there's a lot involved in terms of once the teams, um, the European teams have access to players um, when if and when you have an opportunity, you go play and you get cut or whatever happens it's easier to find another team to play for when you're in Europe, you know? So, so it's because it costs so much to get you over there that, you know, you probably, if you, if one opportunity doesn't work when you're there, you'll, you'll, you know, 
times, you know, I've known, you know, people who, who got other opportunities and, 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 you know, it works out better than that one. So, sure. um, but yeah. And how long did you end up playing over there? Cause I, in my amateur sleuthing mm-hmm. skills, I like, I know that you played in Finland at one point. Did you mm-hmm. ever like, so what, what were, how long was your career? Where, where are some of the cool places you got to play? Or uh, three, uh, three seasons. Um, I was in Switzerland, uh, Greece, and then in Finland. Um, you know, and, and I think, you know, I, I, you know, my, my um, uh, thought process, I would say, um, was different. Um, I gave myself three years. Um, and, and, you know, I think um, looking back, I missed out on some opportunities because at the time, I think I've told you this before, um, my coach at Eastern, Steve Aggers, offered me an opportunity to coach on his staff. And um, instead of, t- I know, instead of taking that um, great opportunity, even as a grad assistant, you know, at what, 21, 22 years old, um, um, you know, I, 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 you know, was thinking, you know, obviously you think about MBA and making a ton of money. Um, but, but, you know, I, 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 even then I still gave myself three years. If I wasn't, didn't have a, a legit MBA opportunity, um, I wasn't going to be going overseas um, after that. Um, you know, so, um, you know, I think, you know, hindsight, um, I think if I, if I knew I would enjoy coaching as much as I, I do now, you know, being at Rogers for 10 years, you know, um, I, I probably would have taken that opportunity, sure. um, you know, so. Fair enough. Fair enough. So going to switch kind of gears away from kind of your career and ask you some general questions about sure. kind of state of college basketball now is so we we've, we've kind of mentioned we've kind of talked about this in passing just because we're you know we're here together but the nil is like obviously a huge deal that's going on in college basketball right now and you played you know in a conference that is you know considered you know a low level quote unquote conference Mm -hmm. um how do you see the nil i I guess that's really just kind of an open question like what's your views on the nil how do you think it's going to impact conferences like the big sky that you were in Um, what do you think its impact is going to be on kind of college basketball well, you know, I, well, first of all, when it first happened, um, I, I thought it was was going to be great, um, but I, I don't, I don't, um, I don't like it. Um, um, in my opinion, um, I think getting an education um, is worth more um, than than you know the the NIL, so to speak. But I don't think when they, um, you know, when the Bannon brothers went to court and and stuff for 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 their image, you know, name and likeness and stuff like that. I don't think they were thinking about it as, as it is right now. I think coaches, universities, I think they're using it as a recruiting tool. And, and I don't think that's what the intent was. You know, I think it was, um, you know, if you want to use, you know, a picture of me, um, you, you have to get my approval. Um, you might not have to pay me, but you have to ask me. Um, and, and I think that's the, you know, in my opinion, I think that's what college athletes wanted. Um, if you want to use my name, you know, my image, my likeness, come and ask me. Um, and, and, and if we work something out, we do. If not, I'll say yes. Um, I think now it's, it's, it's turning into um, if you come to my university, I can give you this package. Um, and, and I think unregulated. Um, and, and I don't know all the ins and outs and, and what you, you know, coaches, athletic directors can do and what they can't do. Um, but but from what I see on TV and here, um, it's just kind of like the Wild Wild West, you know, um, whatever booster, you know, um, can offer, you know, to, to a player to come and represent their company. Um, we're going to give you this package um, and, and, and then their education is secondary. You know, 
Um, and, and unfortunately, I think um, if that's how it's going to be, um, it, it's going to it's going to suck for for, um, you know, the Big Sky teams um, and other conferences like the Big Sky. And then on top of that, um, um, you know, the women's sports and, and, and other sports that don't have those um, um, huge money coming in from, um, you know, people coming to the games and TV contracts and all that stuff like that. So um, it's 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 um, I, I know if, if, if I was. Um, you know, administrator at Eastern Washington, I would probably be worried. Sure. And do you think that that's going to have like a major impact on, I guess, just like players coming out of high school? So you coach high school ball, right. the highest level here in Washington. Mm -hmm. You coach, you know, sent plenty of guys like off into whether it's junior college or whatever, sure. or and we've coached against, you know, D1 prospects. Right. right. Um, how do you think that that's going to, how do you think that's going to shift the way that they behave, like maybe in high school, or how do you think that might shift maybe their mindset coming into high school ball? Um, well, I think I think with with uh, the um, I'm not sure about the NIL in terms of, of, of the kids that that I coach, we coach, right. um, but uh, uh, the transfer portal will. You know, I, I think when when you have um, uh, you know Division One coaches you know, trying to win games because that's what they're hired for and, and they bring their families along with them. They want to feed their families. Um, when, when you have, you know, a coach trying to win games, um, why get a player at, at the high school level that you have to still develop? If I, if I can go right to the transfer portal and this kid is eligible right away and he can have an impact in, in our games, in our conference practices right away. Sure. You know, so what's the motivation of bringing in a 17, 18 year old young man if I can get a 21, 22, even for one year? You know, right. I think that is going to impact us, you know, at, at the high school level, um, because, you know, I think anytime you you take opportunities away from from kids, um, um, I, I think it, it, it's not a good um, it's not a good process. Sure, for sure. So. We'll go ahead and kind of start wrapping this up. First of all, we definitely appreciate you kind of making the time. Like you're, I, I know personally that you're a busy dude. If, if other people worked here with you, that you would definitely understand that Kareem is incredibly hard to track down. He's got a slew of kids always around him being like, hey, help me with my life. <laughs> like, but so we'll make this last question quick. And then again, thank you again for coming on, man. But all right. I know that you're an Eastern fan. I know that you see that. First of all, do you see Eastern kind of growing in the next couple of years? Or do you think the NIL and Transfer World might kind of send them the opposite direction. Well, I'll put it to you this way. I, I think I think from when I was there and to what it is now, um, it's changed so much. Um, and and, 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 and um, I, I don't see it changing. You know, um, I, I think, you know, obviously, I think Gonzaga is going to continue to grow and they've grown immensely, you know, over the last 20 years. Um, but I think Eastern will too, you know, I, I, I um, um, or at least, you know, I hope, you know, but 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 I really do um, believe that um, I, I don't I think um, I think it'll all get figured out. You know, I think with time and, and there's 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 plenty um, uh, people that are that are, um, you know, smart and that are kind of upset about the state of, of uh, college athletics. And, and and hopefully they'll figure it out. Um, but but, you know, I think, um, um, you know, I think Eastern will be OK. Um, and, and um, you know, I just for me personally, I just wish they would. Uh, um, recruit the state of Washington a little bit more. Sure. You know, um, um, you know I think you look at the roster and they've got a lot of guys from California, and uh, but uh, we have some really good players in the state, um, and and um, I just don't think they recruit the state enough. Hopefully that is going to be a change. So Absolutely. final question for you, quick mm -hmm. one. 
I know you're an Eastern fan. Yeah. Who's won in the national championship? Okay, I'll go out on a limb and and and. Uh, um, There's and one I'll, right answer. There's one right answer, Kareem. Gonzaga. Either, don't do it for me. You know, don't do it for me. Who are you picking? It's okay. Gonzaga. You are you really picking Gonzaga? Absolutely. I'll put it to you this way: uh, uh, two people, you and, and and Coach Nelson. So I'll say Gonzaga or, or Duke. Okay. All right. All right. No, so so oh, Duke over North Carolina. Mm. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. So all right, and I, I don't think I, I've told you this yet. Um, I just recently made a fun bet where I, I mentioned this a, about a month ago or so on social media that if Drew Timmy comes back for GU, that I will grow out and only wear a handlebar mustache for the months of November to March. Wow. And then he did. So you're going to get to endure this uh, potentially on your coaching staff. I hope. Wow. So, 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 so when, did, when, when did he announce that he's coming back? He's coming back? He's officially coming back. He announced it yesterday. Oh, my God. Because yesterday wow. was the deadline to withdraw from the draft. So it's uh, so, oh. so that, I mean, that was kind of my, I was hoping that you're like, well, with Timmy, that's going to be Gonzaga. Yeah. But I appreciate you picking it just because. Well, I have one question for you. Uh -oh. Do you think do you think he came back because he can make more money with the NIL or or in the NBA? I actually that's, that's a joke, but you know what I mean. No, no, you're you're good. I don't. I have. It'll be interesting to see some of these NIL packages get revealed here. And I think in the next, because I think at some point it's going to happen. Right now, there's a lot of colleges that are like FERPA, like you can't come knocking to ask these questions. Then there are people trying to do the investigating, like that's not educational. Right. So, right. um, I think once I. I'm not totally sure. I imagine he's probably got one of the better deals maybe in the country, but I, I, who, I have no idea. I, I can't imagine he goes super high in, in second round. So yeah. maybe yeah, Even, regardless. And, and the contracts aren't guaranteed in the second round. Right. And, right. And that, and that, and that NIL money is guaranteed. Right. Right. So that, that I think that probably answers yeah. that question for sure. All right. Well, again, thank you so much, Kareem, for coming on. We really appreciate you being here. Appreciate you taking the time. Again, Kareem Scott, coach of legendary coach here in Washington State, legend in our hearts, our number one guest. There we and, go. Yeah, we really appreciate you, man. Thank you so much for having me. Of course, of course. Have a good one. Thank you. Yeah. All right. Oh, what are you wearing? Oh, oh. <laughs> I. I, this is just what I put on a minute ago, uh, just for comfort, you know, as we jump oh into my it. God. With Kareem picking the Zags, it only seems fair that I, I rep the jersey. Just, uh, again, I, just my nightwear. Just yeah. That in. No big deal. Uh, but uh, a huge thank you to Kareem. That's awesome basically. interview. Yeah. Super good stuff from him. And uh, I will. I can't I believe you're playing against Jason Kidd. That's. I, that's like I have worked with him for ten years. Coached with him for the vast majority of that time. Knew none of this. None of this. Like he's such a humble, like quiet dude. Um, when Shay and I were trying to figure out some people to come on, I was like, "Well, you know, maybe I'll I'll see what Cream says." And I actually first went to our assistant coach and was like, "Do you think Cream would be a good guest?" He's like, "You do know he led like Eastern in like as like a leading scorer, played abroad, played with a bunch of pros." I was like no <laughs> why would i know that like yeah so uh really great to have him love him a lot so thank you kareem appreciate you dude um and he is obviously picking the zags and i too 
can only, you know, I'm just going to put it up on the screen. This was not a joke. Uh, originally, I said that if Timmy came back, it would just be the month of November. But no. Shay went ahead and posted no. this. I had, to, I had to add the whole season in there. And I I stupidly support it. I was like, there's no way he comes back. So, I mean, is it going it is. to – is it going to look like that for an entire, you know, half a year? Maybe. <laughs> There's there's a relatively good chance, and our one of our great viewers, Zach, our CEO, it's like, are we gonna are we gonna get live footage? So it, here's the growing process. So stick it's around with us. It's so bad. It's so, gonna be so gross. I wish I could live stream my wife's face when I told her. I hope we have like seventy five thousand followers by then, so everyone can just see it live on air every week for what four or five months. It, it should be enough motivation to get you to hang with us until November at least. Yes. Oh boy. Oh boy. I'm, there was, there was a lot of, of stages of, of excitement to grief, to confusion. And my wife just sat there like, <laughs> I hate you. I love She's you. Not happy about She's like, I support you. You effing idiot. I think was her <laughs> actual. <laughs> so, but all right. Again, huge thanks to Kareem, but. Let's go ahead and move into our next segment. But before we do, glad I remembered this. Uh, big thanks to our sponsor, Kona Ice, cooling us off from the interview. So Kona Ice, summer is coming up, and you are all about to hear the lovely music that gets stuck in your head as they drive around your neighborhood, which is a great song to have stuck in your head because everybody loves ice cream. Everyone loves the Kona Ice slushies and all the good treats. It is fantastic. If you've got kids, you can obviously just be like, look, at what a great parent I am. Here, children, here is some ice cream. Um, we all love ice cream at any point. I, I've always said, like, if you show up to any occasion, anytime, I don't care if you're at a frat party to a nice sit down, you know, black tie dinner. If you show up with ice cream, you are an awesome human. So Kona Ice is there to hook you up. Please make sure that you uh, support them and also if you ever want to book them for, you know, an organization, for a company party, for a kid's birthday party, whatever it may be, you can certainly get a hold of them in advance and they will bring a van to your door, which is awesome. So big thanks to Kona Ice for cooling us down and supporting our interview with Kareem. And let us go ahead and move on. Shay, we are jumping into a big 15 transfer portal, yep, like in chaos in the month. Mm -hmm. And Shay even threw this up into an article that is on mentaldimes.com. Make sure you go check it out. But we are going to go ahead and break it down for you. So top, so top 15, we said? Yeah, let's start with 15. We'll make our way down to one. So uh, I'm going to start. This guy, I actually, I'm going to be honest, I just learned about him last week, even as a huge fan of college basketball. Um, played for UT Arlington last year. His name is Kyle DeRicci Acabundo Ejiago. Uh, 100% didn't get that right. Solution. <laughs> so, but he is just listen to this. He's six foot ten, um, has a seven four wingspan and a forty seven and a half inch vertical, which is like a John Morant vertical at almost seven feet tall. So, I'm looking on his Instagram earlier this week. He's dunking the ball, and his like chin or like shoulder level is over the rim, just about oh, every time. It's crazy, crazy. <laughs> He's, uh, he's averaged like three blocks per game the last two seasons with the Mavericks. Um, I saw this stat, too. It's 87 for 127 in his career from the field. That's 68. <laughs> so what? he's made 87 shots and only missed 40 so far. 
which is you're not going to do that like anywhere and uh, go unnoticed. So I had to put him in there, number 15. Um, he's going to Memphis, which is big for Penny Hardaway and the Tigers because they're losing Jalen Dern to the draft. They're losing Josh Minot. Um, they definitely needed some uh, players to come in and fill out the front court for next year. Um, he's kind of raw on offense because he didn't start playing basketball until age 13. So he only averaged like five points per game last year. But if, uh, if they can, you know, bring out some skill on the offensive end, he's got to be a future NBA draft pick with that athleticism. I mean, that alone and whoever did not get him to play basketball before the age of 13, like he, someone needed to tell him like, Hey, no, 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 no. Listen, like this is your sport. Like age 12. That's true. Sure. (laughs) All so right. who's, who's number 14? 14, we got Grant Basile uh, moving over from Wright State and headed over to the Hokies, which um, this was a great month for the Hokies. Obviously, they lost Kibio Luma, but they brought back Justin Mutz, and that is a big game changer for the Hokie Nation. So Basile comes in, kind of replaces Aluma. He's six foot nine, super uh, you know skilled and experienced big man. Uh, he averaged 18.4 points a game, 8.5 rebounds at Wright State. Um, and Wright State won the Horizon League tournament, went to the NCAA tournament. Um, and he had no problem against good top competition. He put up 21 against Arizona, which that alone yeah. is, is a very good indicator that you've got some talent. Um, was sure. definitely uh, all Horizon team, all tournament team. And so the Hokies, I think, kind of bagged you know a big replacement. Because Aluma was obviously incredible. Yeah. But I, this will definitely be a serviceable backup for him, for sure. Yeah. Yep. So I'm going to go to the next guy is actually headed to a team which uh, your guy dropped like 23 and 16 on last year, which is NC State, uh, which shout out to our Wolfpack fans, by mm, the way. Our fans. You know, we got to include them in there almost every week. Um, this guy's name is DJ Burns. He's six foot nine. He's transferred from Winthrop. Uh, won the Big South Player of the Year last season. Uh, I think he could be a hidden gem in the ACC. He actually, he's got to be like 22 now. He's played three years in college already. Um, He came out of the state of South Carolina from high school, and he was the third-ranked recruit in the state behind two notable names, I think, and Zion Williamson and John Morant. Um, Pretty nice. Yeah, he had offers from the Tennessee out of high school, kind of went the mid-major route, established his name, and he definitely did. He averaged 15 a game last year, shot 62.6% from the field. Uh, a couple of seasons ago, Winthrop went for the tournament. I think they started out like 23-1 and one that year. So uh, I think he could be, you know, almost like a dark horse type of all-ACC um, caliber player next year. He, uh, against Washington, Washington State, Vanderbilt, and Mississippi State last year, which were the only four teams that the uh, Eagles played from the power conferences, he averaged 16 points per game on 60% from the field. So pretty good. That's a good, <laughs> good teams. Nice. Yeah. Round and that <clears throat> jumps us up, excuse me, into number 12. Uh, Efton Reed, I am stoked about this pickup for the oh, Zags. Yeah. So, Reed is an interesting pick because he had a very kind of quiet year at LSU. Um, anything that I've read on him so far said they LSU didn't really use him, I think, the way that um, he yeah. was intended to be, you know, utilized as a big man. So, he comes in, obviously, Timmy was expected to be gone. But fortunately, he comes back, and people have said he is a perfect complement to Drew Timmy. He's another seven-footer, kind of Chet Holm, obviously not you know the seven billion feet tall like Chet Holmgren, but was still a top 20 recruit, incredibly athletic. His stats aren't going to do him justice, but whenever he scored in double digits, LSU went 7-0. and So yes. 
he definitely has got kind of that. Uh, I believe they said he's an incredible back to the rim scorer. So he's one of those guys that can post you up, but also keep his eyes out. And I mean, with an incredible backcourt that the Zags have, he's going to have a great chance to thrive as kind of a, you know, in and out kind of guy and compliment Timmy, who's hopefully going to drop 500 points a game. So there you go. Yep. The stats don't do him justice, but I was reading, I think he's the only player on LSU last year that started every game and they had a lot of turmoil with the Will Wade situation. Messy. He got fired, what, right before the tournament or or whatever, resigned. (laughs) So I think he'll be a big pickup for the Zags. So let's go to number 11, uh, Manny Bates. He's headed to Butler from NC State. Um, He's a seven footer too, 6'11". He was a McDonald's All-American come out of high school. Um, Led the ACC in blocks two years in a row from uh, 2019 to 2021. Kind of missed almost all last year with an injury, I think a back injury. So um, probably hurt his stock a little bit. So, But uh, Butler just hired Thad Mata, who used to be at Ohio State. I think uh, Bates could be like a really big problem in the Big East, blocking shots. Um, he blocked 15 shots against UNC in like the last three matchups of his career with the uh, Tar Heels. Um, he was like top five in the country two seasons ago in uh, blocks per game. Um, very athletic for his size. He's just definitely a really great rim protector, and that's a big pickup for the Bulldogs. Good. A lot of blocks. And speaking of blocks, this guy, so we're jumping into number 10, um, is a points guy. So Soli Bohm, who we talked about uh, last week on the podcast after he had kind of oh, yeah. made his announcement, he yep. is headed from UTEP to Xavier. So Bohm joins the NIT champions, which is, you know, I think Xavier's about to have a big comeback year. Um, they finished second in conference US or excuse me, he finished second conference in USA with 19.8 points a game. So he can absolutely put points on the board for him. Uh, he's probably gonna hit the 2000 point, you know, mark here early next season can shoot the three ball um, near 40%. Uh, I mean, he's going to be an absolute stud for them. He had 44 performances of 20 plus points in his career. So he is at the very least, he's going to get you points. And Xavier (laughs) Xavier needs it. So, uh, but I think he's going to be a very, one of those guys that you should definitely watch for as the Musketeers attempt to have kind of a comeback here and get back to the tournament. Yeah, for sure. All right, the next guy on the list, we talked about him last week too, is Kevin McCuller. Um, We kind of went into how we don't like how he transferred from Texas Tech to Kansas, staying in the Big 12, going to a rival. But that doesn't take anything away from the fact that he's a really great player. Um, Fills the stat sheet up, averaged over 10 a game last year, near five rebounds, three assists, uh, really great defender. He's 6'6", can handle the ball. Um, He had 17 points against Duke in the NCAA tournament. Um, also had like 12, six rebounds, five assists, and a few steals on a bum ankle. I think he just rolled it like the week before going against the number one team in the country in Baylor, and uh, they upset them back in January. So uh, he's headed to play for Bill Self. We'll see. I think uh, Kansas will be another, you know, national title contender for the second year in a row. I don't know if they'll repeat, but they'll definitely be in the conversation. We definitely have them as kind of winners of the Big 12. There's uh, they're just they're so good they're gonna reloading again uh i mean and the kohler is such a good defender on the perimeter too i think that he's just gonna dominate yeah. for them. He, can, he can guard like probably one through four or at least one through three so frustrating in that wingspan he's got kind of the rondo arms it's gonna be yeah. he'll be a problem for a couple of people <laughs> rondo <arms. laughs> um speaking of versatile defenders uh 
Matthew Mayer. Um, this was a surprising one. I, I knew that yeah. Mayer was going to transfer, but I didn't really see him moving over to Illinois, which I, and I'm, I guess I'm not totally sure why, like Illinois is a great program, but it, to leave Baylor, one seed again for a second year, he was with them when they won the national championship. It was just kind of surprising to see, you know, you're, you're, you're in a winning culture. You're jumping over to Illinois to help him out. So maybe it's playing time, whatever it may be. Um, Mayer's a really, really good defender. He's like McCuller in that he can guard multiple positions. He can, you know, stop your bigs, but he can also play out on the perimeter with the little guys. Um, for points, he kind of just does a little bit of everything. He's, he's your utility guy. So he had 9.8 points a game last year, five boards, 1.2 steals. So I think he's he's known for his defense, but can also kind of hit the three pretty well. He, he's just kind of all over the place. I, I was just really surprised by his by his choice in Illinois, but I think, yeah. I mean, the fighting line, I will certainly welcome him. That's not going to be a problem bringing him into the fold. Plus that he's got a sweet mullet. So, <laughs> oh man, it is. They gave him a stash, but that mullet is. That moved him from like number 11 to number eight on the list easily. <laughs> <laughs> mullet alone moves you yeah. up the transfer list. Uh, imagine combining that mullet with Timmy's handlebar. Oh my God. Don't that give him ideas. Crazy. He might do it. I it yeah. just we'll you wait. Maybe the next bet would be you have to get the mullet to match that handlebar. Oh my god! And the, oh man! <laughs> All right, let's move Don't on. Tempt me with a good time. Like my no, my <laughs> wife is gonna ex nay this at some point. She's your wife like, is calling hey. your, calling your divorce lawyers like right now. <laughs> listening to this, my poor kids are gonna be like, Dad, why do you have weird hair? Why do you look like that, Dad? Uh, is this in the front, honey? Party in the back. <laughs> All right, let's go. Number seven's uh, going to be Grant Sherfield, uh, moving from Nevada to Oklahoma. If you listened to us last week or even the interview with Kareem Scott, we mentioned how the Sooners were snubbed from the tournament last year. Um, he's a big-time scorer, averaged over 19 a game last year with the Wolfpack. Uh, he gets his teammates involved, too. Uh, opens the floor up, averaged six assists per game in each of the last two years. Um, as Kareem mentioned with the Groves brothers, I think this guy will really help open the floor for them. Um, he's really great in pick and roll, pick and pop. So the Groves brothers will get some nice, easy looks. Uh, he was a two-time Mountain West all-conference selection, uh, first-teamer a couple seasons ago. And uh, I think he could, you know, help Oklahoma get back to the big dance in 2023. I like it. I like it. Um, moving us on to number six, this will be one of the many Bonnies that we probably discuss in this extra <laughs> portal. <laughs> Sorry, St. Bonaventure, but uh, Osun, Os I, I'm going to bomb this. Um, Osuni, I believe, yep. uh, is yep. headed to – see, God, I got it, man. It's there. Uh, he is headed to Iowa State, which is what an awesome you know story they have been to kind of follow the Cyclones who were abysmal two years ago and then come back and make the tournament uh, all the way to the Sweet 16 this year. I mean, absolutely killed it. So he is going to help immensely. Um, a you know, they were a top of Big 12 defensively last season, so it makes sense that they add him. He was the you know, A10 defensive player of the year, 6'10, huge wingspan. Um, I think mm. seven foot eight wingspan. Like, like Rondo's so arms look small. Yeah, so, I mean, he's got he's like two Rondos, which is nuts. So he's like a he's a blocking machine, set the record 305 blocks for most in Bonnie history. He also and he can score as well. He's got 11.3 games, 7.5 boards. I think he's going to kill it as a cyclone. Um, and Shay, you mentioned this part too. You are thinking he might even be in the conversation for Big 12 Defensive Player. Of the yeah, year. I, I think so. He's going to block two and a half, three shots a game. Um, great defensive rebounder. 
protects with that wingspan and his athleticism. He's like he's covering from paint from one side of the paint to the other, and he's you know swatting anything near the top of the backboard. So, uh, by the way, stay tuned for our Elite Eight segment. Iowa State will be brought up again later. Um, let's get down to the top five. What's for you? Nah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, number five, Xavier Pinson. I absolutely love this one. Um, he is going from the SEC, played with Missouri two seasons ago, LSU last year, went to the NCAA tournament with both programs. Now he's headed to the Aggies. Uh, he's going to be out in Cruces with New Mexico State. Um, they just lost Teddy Allen, who, if you're not familiar with, he dropped 37 on UConn and led the Aggies to an NCAA tournament win. He's a big-time star in the WAC, won WAC Player of the Year. Um, he was a high-level transfer. He came in from Nebraska, and uh, I think Pinson could have the same impact, really, on that program. He had uh, 26 points against number 6 Kentucky last year. He dropped 36 on TCU a couple seasons ago. Um, he's just like Allen. He can light it up on any given night, and honestly, I think he'll be in the WAC Player of the Year discussion by the end of next season himself. You were very high on yes. Pinson, and I feel like you really watched a lot of the LSU transfers, um, yeah. thinking that they were about to probably go do really great things just as underrated players. Yeah. I, um, I just like the route he's taken. He could have, he probably could have went to the ACC or Big Ten or Big Twelve. He's sure. proven himself at SEC. Nah, he's going to the WAC and he's going to tear it up. Sure, sure. Um, jumping in number four, we got Kyle Lofton, another Bonnie, um, but he's headed to Florida who I think is going to be, and I, I, I think they are going to show out this year. Todd, I, Golden, to leave that one for you. I, I am all about the golden era. So, um, Lofton from St. St. Bonnie heading over to Florida, three time, all a 10 selection, uh, scored over 1600 points for the Bonnies. Uh, he's five in school history and assistant steals. Uh, it can do absolutely everything. He'll drop 20 on you. He can grab some boards. He can move the ball around. He had a Bonnie record for 17 assists against UMass last one season. Game. Insane. One game, um, folks. Not in one conference. No, no, no. A game. 17. Yeah. That's, I mean, you should get a double-double just for that anyway. <laughs> on assists alone. But yes. uh, experience, really experienced winner. Um, helped in their first top 25 ranking in 50 years. I think he is going to be super underrated in the SEC. And with him bringing the ball up, it is a game changer for yep. Florida. That is going to help them immensely. I like the Gators' uh, outlook for next season. Will Richard, him, Castleton back. I'm in. I'm in. Oh, I know you are. <laughs> That's like your Gonzaga of the East Coast. It, I, I think it's because Todd Golden. Yeah. Over, over there. So I was like, oh, I'll watch this. And I was like, oh, oh wait, he's he, Castleton's back? Will yep. Richards over there? Like, okay, all right. Now we're looking good. And then as soon as they got lost, and I was like, game over. They're going to be great. It'll be awesome. All right. So we're getting down to the top three. Number three is a guy um, I kind of followed Murray State a lot last year. His name's KJ Williams. Uh, he's headed to LSU. He's following head coach Matt McMahon um, and a couple other starters from the Racers. One OVC player of the year last season. He's just a uh, mismatch nightmare. He's 6'10" has a really solid frame so he can overpower other bigs, you know, down on the block, but he also has extremely, extremely efficient range. Um, can hit multiple three. I think last year and it was either the OVC semifinals or the final. Um, he hit like three, three pointers in a row, like three straight possessions has great range for a six ten guy with that big of a, you know, his, his shoulders are really wide. 
So um, he's just he's a load for any any big man to cover. Um, averaged 18 a game last year, 8.4 rebounds. Um, I think I think Murray State played like three or four really high level teams in Auburn, Memphis, and then obviously San Francisco in the NCAA tournament. And he averaged like 15 and nine. So you know it's it's going to be a step up in competition heading to the SEC. But I think him and the uh, other guys moving over from the Racers are fully capable of competing with the uh, SEC talent. I'm excited to see all of them jump yes. into, you know, LSU's world. I think I, I think you're right. I think they're going to yeah. translate. They're going to have, I think, three – they're going to have three starters from Murray State that are following the coach and going to probably going to start on LSU. So they're not going to be playing Belmont and yeah. uh, Moorhead State, which are good programs, but you're going to be playing Kentucky and Florida and Alabama. It's going to be awesome. Tough teams. Tough, yes. tough teams. I, I think – I hope they do well. Obviously, I've always liked Murray State. Obviously, the races yeah. are good, but – um, it will be it will be cool to see how McMahon like handles such an elite conference there. So, um, bring us down to the final two. Uh, number two is Tyrese Hunter. Uh, everyone knew who this guy was. Um, Merry Christmas, Chris Beard. So he's headed Iowa State over to Texas. Um, Chris Beard is just hauling in transfers. I think most of his team last year was just I, I think it was like five guys from different programs that are starting five. But. Um, He's jumping in, you know, he's big 12 freshman of the year, one of the most gifted point guards in the country, uh, 11 points a game, 4.9 assists, but he is a absolute lockdown defender too. So he's, you know, a great two-way player, um, two steals a game. I, he's one of those guys that's just like, he's pure promise. Like, and he is going to yeah. move from the Cyclones and really, really help out the Longhorns. He's got a um, swagger about him. It, I mean, he's and I, he just knows he's so good. And it's very, very clear. And he's makes really good decisions. He does. You don't see him out there, you know, as a freshman yeah. really screwing up all that much, even though he's a ball handler. So he's um, like he's one of those guys that can see the game like two plays ahead. Like yeah. he knows where the ball is going to go way before anyone else knows what to do with the ball. Super bright future with that. I mean, yeah, I think they Texas probably jumps into top 10 category yeah. with him there. It's yeah. It, elevates him yeah. tremendously so all right number one i i had to do this just for trevor i'm kind of disappointed we were going so i had to start 15 i'm disappointed that trevor didn't get to <laughs> it's okay it's i'm i'm totally again i'll fangirl while i watch it this, this is his guy the headband baylor shireman number one transfer in the month of may headed from south dakota state to creighton of course um i think in trevor definitely agrees with me he took Creighton from, you know, a way too early Big East favorite for next season to a potential national title contender, or at least a Final Four team with Creighton. Um, you know, he's the reigning Summit League Player of the Year. He's just what that team needed. Uh, he shoots the three at like 47%. He's 6'6", uh, a great passer, can rebound it. He averaged like seven and a half rebounds a game. Um, his shooting splits were just off the charts over 50 percent from the field 47 percent from three like i said and over 80 from the line um he's pretty much the straw that's going to stir the drink for in a in a greg mcdermott's system next season um just a overall really great playmaker led south dakota state to 30 wins last season um and the best part is he is a native of nebraska he was born like less than two hours from omaha where the blue jays play so that was just a perfect fit on both ends it was oh. indeed. <laughs> Sorry, I had to go put my my headband on really quickly. Very, uh, <laughs> I did have to take this. I need the Timmy jersey off. I'll, I'll save my pajamas for later. I, I use this as a pillowcase and just 
play on it. So that's good. Right. So there's your big um, transfer poll moves for the month month of May. Obviously, um, we jumped into June today. We had a couple of big announcements, um, yes. but we'll save that for you know next episode. Except for Malachi Simpson, guys, I can get up, <clears throat> and it's going to be uh, a big year for he just everyone. Zaga again. Can, I, we, can we start I, getting a count? Like, if I could just get a dollar for every time that team's brought up, I might not have to work ever again. You would not have to be on this podcast <laughs> trying to earn a wage. That is for sure. Like, I this week has been just, I mean, elating to I'll me. I'll give it to them. They had an incredible week. Like, the last three days, I think they picked up four guys that they didn't think were going to be back next year and now a transfer that averaged 20 a game. And Spokane is, I mean, you're going to see billboards popping up here. Yeah. Pretty, right. I'm super, super pumped about it. So, um, <laughs> yeah, then that will conveniently move us into our next segment. But before, I, I forgot to mention this at the very beginning. Guys, check this Ooh. out. Ooh. How'd you get one of those? Ah, so great Zach. question. So Zach, come on. I, come on. <laughs> come on, If you man. head over to, uh, to mentaldimes.com, uh. we now have got the shop up and rolling. It is these, – these shirts are sweet. So, obviously, we have – How many changed this episode? Uh, three or four? Listen, this is this is par for the course. Like it's it's what's my mood, right? Am I feeling good? Maybe I'll wear a Timmy jersey. Am I, you know, feeling like I, I'm upset at the world? Maybe I'll wear a catamount jersey. I don't know, because cats are dumb and that's that's neither here nor I'll there. I'll send a catamount jersey over in the mail next week. I if you rock a, I feel like a catamount jersey should make an appearance on this podcast. I oh, I think I've given him crap, but I I do love the catamounts. I just can't root for you right now. Yeah, I was gonna wait till your cat came out of the wall to start <laughs> I actually, I don't know if you heard, I heard it while this was going on during the transfer talk, but I was like, I think we may have caught him. Maybe, maybe. I, yet yet to be seen, I texted my wife while one of the pilots, and I was like, honey, I, th- I think we got the cat. So I heard it, but <laughs> yet to be seen. Until then, cat teams still off the table for us. But um, go check out mentaldimes.com. We just got our shop up. We've got, I mean, t-shirts to socks to bucket yeah, hats. I better get one of those. It's, it. Legit, man, I love yeah. it. And on, on the back, like, let me let me pose for you here. Oh, they got a Timmy. Is that Timmy's number and name on the back? No, that's, that's, exactly, that's exactly what it is. Surprise, uh, bit, you know, Mental Dimes, huge subscriber to Gonzaga. So, you know, just a great, what a great company that we work for. Okay, I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. I, I promise, I'm done. Um, but I'm only this done. He's you know, going above and beyond. I, I'm only done, you know, talking about Gonzaga, but what I am really excited to start talking about is mm-hmm. our Elite Eight segment. So do you want to go ahead and break down what the Elite Eight segment is before we start jumping yeah. in and talking to the fans yeah. here? Yeah, so each week we're going to do this segment. We're going to pick, you know, anything from last week. We had, you know, unfortunately he beat me last week. Um, we're picking eight, you know, he said – like. Uh, we could start from pizza toppings to anything college basketball. This week, we're going to do the top uh, storylines and moments from the 2021-22 season. Last week, we did the top eight villains. Are you just going to throw that up there on the screen? Yeah. Just going to let everyone see. For those of you who can't see because you're not on YouTube or you're on Apple Podcasts or whatever yeah. it may be, Rubbing that in. would be a nice poll that says Mr. Heilman 60% shave 40. And here's an, here's another one. Says eighty six percent to fourteen. Wow, that's. I think those numbers are made up, kind of though. They are off of and, Instagram. And for the record, 
he voted with like 17 burner accounts on Twitter. <laughs> he just kept making new accounts to give himself <laughs> another vote. So I'll let that one slide. But let's get into this week's. Uh, it's going to be, you know, fun breaking down the top moments from last season. I'm going to start off with an honorable mention, if you don't mind. Um, didn't make its way into the top eight, but I had to give a shout out to David Jean Pepdeast of Chattanooga. He hit probably the most clutch shot of the entire college basketball season. Uh, happened so in the cool. SoCon Championship. Um, incredible. They're down two with like less than five seconds. He gets the ball in overtime. Uh, tripped then slowly turned on the line. Catches it. Takes a few dribbles. Gets like barely past half court. Heaves one up and nails it. Sends the mocks to the NCAA tournament. It was. Incredible. It was like perfect timing for college yeah. basketball too, because it was like the day before the beginning of it, or it was like like, like a couple yeah. days before. Everyone's super pumped out. It was like the last game, regular season game to be played, or to be ter- conference tournament yeah, game to be played. Championship week, just awesome. Super stoked about it. So, um, good call bringing in the honorable mention. But we this week, I don't. Or excuse me, last week we knew who each other had picked. This week. I think we kind of have a couple of ideas of where things yeah. are going. So again, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw this as a banner here. Elite eight. Learn how to spell elite first. Storylines of 2021, 22. And we just went back and forth. I think there's a couple of very obvious picks, but I got first pick last week. Yes. I think I went alone with Grayson Allen. Um, so you get number one pick this week. Yep. We're just gonna go back and forth here. Let's uh Go ahead. I've got my list. <laughs> I'm ready. <laughs> so you want, we, we want to start from number eight and work down, or we, you just want to go right into it? Jump. I, I say go ahead and jump for your number. We'll, we'll go number ones. Because that, that way, if you because if you go number yeah. one, then it, it's going to probably take this 100%. one. So we're working backwards. We're starting at one and going to eight. And I, I know that you're going to pick this, and I hope you do, and I'm just going to cross it off right now. <laughs> All right, I, I got to go with the the St. Peter's Peacocks. Uh, is that that was the one? Yeah, that was it. That's okay. it. it. Just I my list is email yeah. this page, but I knew it was coming. I knew it was coming. All right. Yeah. Well, how do I not pick them? They were a 15 seed. Half the world probably didn't even know that St. Peter's was a college in New Jersey. Um, <laughs> from the MAC, first team ever from that conference to go to the Elite Eight. First 15 seed to ever go to the Elite Eight. Uh, I don't know about you. How, like, what is your strategy when you watch the tournament? Mine is I have like two or three TVs and I have games keyed in like Murray State, you know, Vermont teams that I watch all year. I got to watch. So St. Peter's wasn't on my radar. I figured Kentucky probably beat them by 15 or 20. Had it on in like the very small TV in the corner. And I kept looking up like every TV timeout. They're in the game. They're in the game. I was like, but Kentucky's going to be too much at some point. Right. Kentucky takes a lead late in the game. I'm like, yeah, that's that's probably it. Valiant run. All of a sudden, I think I was watching – maybe it was Vermont playing at the same time. I can't even remember. I was watching a different game on the big screen. I look up, they're in overtime. I'm like, what happened? Insane. And eventually, they were just – they just took over and they won the game. And I was uh, I was amazed. Um, went on from there. They beat, they beat Murray State in the next round. Um, that was the only game I wasn't rooting for them. I wanted Murray State. So they get to the Sweet 16, and everyone's like, you know, they're done. They're playing Purdue. Purdue's got a 7-3 guy in Zach Eadies. They've got like – Right, yeah. right. Yeah, they got Jaden Ivey. They're, they're done. They had a nice run. 
no, they win one more game and just absolutely maybe the best Cinderella run of all time. Um, something that you really couldn't even think of. It was unimaginable. Uh, they slayed Goliath multiple times. Uh, eventually lost to UNC, but that's got to be the top moment of the year for me. I if if you hadn't picked that, I would have been very concerned because I mean, yeah. I, for all, any college basketball fan, how many not, people all of a sudden yeah. are like strut like strut up like you know go Peacocks? Yeah, that was a really cool one of those moments where it's like everyone will rally behind that team. I don't even yeah. care that they're playing Purdue. Exactly. I bet like ninety five percent of the um, I think they played in Philadelphia in the Sweet Sixteen. I bet like ninety five percent of the building was rooting for them. Oh, for sure, for mm-hmm. sure. So. Awesome to see. I I spent way too much money on a Doug Eddard shirt. Like I, it didn't didn't matter who you were, who you rooted for, unless you were, you know, a Kentucky or something about uh, you and stashes. Yeah, hey, listen, it, it's a beautiful thing. I think it's mostly just like I can't grow a very good one. Mine looks gross. Which you is better start practicing. You only got like what is it, seven months, six oh, months? Oh, and I got to rock it for five months. Oh, it's gonna. It's, yeah. So just just a little jelly. Just a little yeah. job. It looks good when it's good. So you've got five months from today or from yesterday to start growing it. <sighs> I'm it's it's a love hate thing I have going right now, and I'm not really sure where I'm gonna fall in, you know, am I just gonna sit in the Mendoza line of hating the stash or not? <laughs> I don't know yet. But um interesting. So I St. Peter's is obviously my number one. Here I think is probably the only number two that you could have to your number one. Uh, North Carolina was my storyline mm-hmm. of the year because it's like three storylines in one. First of all, UNC ending Coach K. If you yeah. are, unless you are a Duke fan, that was the greatest thing in the <laughs> world to watch Coach K in front of every NBA star he's ever had. It's, so I had a student teacher at the time who had a, a friend who went to Duke and he was like, People have been camping out, if you try to get in this game, for months. Students literally sleeping in tents for months to get into this game. And they lose to the underdog by a lot. Not to mention the ticket prices were like what? They were like Super Bowl prices for coming indoors. Yeah. can't even imagine so i mean what a beautiful just like in in any rivalry if there's no going to be no better stage to ruin your rival's life except for when you see the first final game in the ncaa tournament and you ruin it again ah it was beautiful so I, i i wrote that unc beating duke at cameron was really kind of a springboard for them jumping into the tournament because they got, you know, given an eight seed, but I think every team was like, they are not playing like an eight seed yeah. right now. Like no one wanted to see them. So skipping all the way, they knock off coach K, they get to the championship lose. But then the follow-up, like the final part of that storyline is you now have the core four first time. I think we, we talked about this, like first time probably since Florida did it back in like 2007 Yep. Bring back your your core five, like four, and they're projected to make it yeah. all the way back again. So like Baycott and Love definitely would have been drafted this year. Probably yeah. first round. They're they're making they yeah. have to be making some good nil money. Or something. Oh god, yeah, four hundred thousand <laughs> in a car. Yeah. So I <laughs> uh, I'm so I, that is my pick for a storyline. You end Coach K once, you end Coach K twice, you make it to a championship. Now you're planning on bringing everyone back to do it again. Uh, Hubert Davis. I love it. I love it. Yep. So there's no my number one. Pick. Them. Right. All right. Number three. This one I mentioned earlier kind of gave a little bit of a hint. Uh, I'm glad you didn't take it, by the way, because then I would have looked really foolish. But 
Uh, I'm going to go with Iowa State's turnaround. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Two seasons ago, 2-22, and 22, winless in the Big 12 for the first time in 75 years, 80 years. Um, they hire uh, TJ Atzelberger last March. I think I wrote an article about this. They hired him last March, March 18th. Exactly 365 days later, they're playing an NCAA tournament after – he takes over a two and twenty-two program. Only two wins were against SWAC teams, which, if you're not familiar with them, you probably aren't. They're the worst conference <laughs> in Division One. Um, just incredible. They uh, brought in Tyrese Hunter through uh, um, last year's recruiting class, and they brought through Isaiah Brockington in the transfer portal. I think they like cleaned house. I think maybe one guy returned from the two and twenty-two team. Mm-hmm. Five new starters just completely rebuilt that program in 365 days. Um, you know, they started the season off with a bang. They go up to Brooklyn for a Thanksgiving tournament, beat two top 25 teams in Xavier and Memphis, absolutely destroyed Penny Hardaway's team. So at that point, at that point, watching that game, I'm like, wow, Memphis is going to be a letdown again. No, it was it was the opposite spectrum. Iowa State was really good this year. And, I uh, hope. I hope there was a better somewhere who's like Iowa State to the tournament. Odds yes. are plus two thousand. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> yeah. So they went from a two win team to a twenty two win team, which uh, plus twenty win differential, most in Big Twelve history. So that's got to make its way in one of the top storylines. I had them on the list. I, I, I mm, my. Oh man, my next pick. I'm, I'm really hoping you don't take my third pick. But. I've got to. I feel good about my number one, but I want. I think I'm going to go the classy route, if you will. Uh, I don't know what that's. A right. Okay. Retires. All right. So notice, I did not pick Coach K retiring. Yeah. We'll talk about that and how much I hate, hate that in a moment or love that he's gone. But um, Jay Wright retiring, I mean, Dude went 520 and 197 as a coach. Wildcats, the 16 tournaments, four Final Fours. He's got two national titles. All I mean, all, could have done it again this year. Um, I, I feel like if his players can get injured, oh, God, what's his name? I'm going to forget it. Oh. Uh, more. More. There you go. I, I, yeah. I think if he's not injured, it's a different game. It doesn't yeah. necessarily mean they're going to win, but at least I think it gives them more of a chance. But I think they would have had a chance at beating Kansas. I think Mother. so. I think they lost by like 16. They wouldn't have lost by double digits without him. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. So, I mean, fortunate. And everyone loves Jay Wright. Like, there has never been a single, yeah. very few coaches I feel like can cruise and be this successful without like someone's going to bring up dirt about them somewhere. No, absolutely nothing. He is the yeah. most classy coach, I think, in probably all of college basketball. Mm-hmm. Um, he's inducted to the Hall of Fame. Uh, he was, I, I read this, he's the architect behind the elite development of Villanova. Um, coach the year twice, um, coach five All-Americans. Yeah. I mean, just an absolute legend. And I hate cat teams right now, but I love Jay Wright. My, fa- <laughs> <laughs> my, my favorite story, I think, and I hope I'm not botching this because I, I felt like this was such an amazing it was a really good testament to who he was as a person. Um, he stops wearing his suits after the passing of his suit tailor, the guy who had always really? been the same tailor for all of his suits. And he was like, no, like that, that was my guy who did this for me. And to honor him, I'm, I'm done with the suits, which is that seems like a story. That's true. It's like how many yeah. more classy things can you do mm-hmm. in your life? I mean, even when he wins the national championship on like a buzzer beater, he's just like, yeah, yeah. 
thank you coach like he's i'm like you're so nice yeah. thanks so uh, quick note on this pick um I'm listening to ESPN radio maybe three weeks ago, a month ago, and Doug Gottlieb has Jay Wright on, um, and he kind of just threw it out there. He's like, when did you know you are going to hang it up? When, you, when were you going to retire? He said that he knew, if I remember this correctly, um, a couple weeks into the season. Yeah. He just, he just kind of lost enjoyment, um, wasn't the same, but he's like, I'm not going to be selfish. But it also ate at him guilt all year, like knowing he's going to retire after the year. Not Couldn't tell his players because he didn't want it to be about him. So that speaks volumes. Which is a per- – and he had such a perfect, like, dichotomy to Coach K. Like, what a beautiful contrast. Yeah. The guy who hosts a, a farewell tour for himself. Yeah. And then for Jay Wright, just be like, nope, I'm out. I'm out. Like, what a good dude. So I, it's a, I think it's a classy pick. I feel good about it. No one hates Jay Wright, and so therefore everyone's going to love that pick. Go team. So I've got UNC and Jay Wright. You've got St. Peter's oof, and Iowa State, and you got two underdogs. It's number three. You've got I. Mm, you're going to do it. Yeah. You're going to take my next I'm pick. Gonna I'm going to do it. I'm sticking in the Big East. If that says anything. I am going to go with the Providence Friars. No, God dang it, <laughs> son of a. Nah, we I mentioned like weeks ago something about nah. how it was just it was just crazy how you know they won their first ever Big East regular season championship. Um, they came into the season picked by many experts to finish seventh or eighth in the league, and they went on and won the whole thing. Um, actually, like I went to the Dunkin' Donut Center for the first time in December last year, saw them play Texas Tech. My best buddy, his name is Jake Nemec. Shout out to you. Um, big Texas Tech fan. Providence is like a three-hour drive from us. I was like, let's let's go out there. And I'm like, they're going to beat Providence. Providence isn't, sure. you know. Sure, yeah. yeah. Nope, nope. We drove <laughs> three hours each way for a loss. Uh, it was a great game. Went down one-point game. But anyway, they go through and win the Big East regular season. Not one starter named to the first team all Big East. That's just how great of a job that uh, Ed Cooley pulled off. Um, really, probably, I mean, they're going to have some guys that will sign a contract in the NBA, but probably not drafted, at least in the first round. Sure. Um, just, you know, played as one, great unit. Uh, defensively, just superior to almost everything they played. You could tell they, like, embraced Ed Cooley's, you know, philosophy. His, you know, they were just all about it. Um I still can't believe they won the Big East regular season. So that's that's why I'm picking that one. Wasn't that the first time? In, when's, when's the last time they won? That was the first one they ever won. In that's the first season. one they've ever won? History of the school, first regular season title. Oh, and that, that is exactly why Ed Cooley won Naismith National Coach of the Year. That is a storyline. Damn it. No! Oh, I, I really was like, Jay Wright, Providence, yeah. but I didn't want... Uh, well, that, that eighty six fourteen is going to be my favorite next week. That that may have just that is a hard one to beat. That's a, a good dark horse candidate for number yeah. one. Like it, I feel like UNC and St. Peter's were the, yeah, kind of the automatic. I, I thought you would have nailed it with your second pick, but you messed up this week. I did. I, oh. But okay, okay, okay. But what do you got, what do you got next? So this this one I wasn't going to pick unless things went south. Like I've got the I've got like my two list. I've got my my list of teams I want to talk about. 
and then I've got a couple of sneaky ones. Ready for this? The storyline. You better not be stabbing me in the back to get payback. No, no, I, yeah. I, I don't, I don't know. If this may have been on your radar, but I don't also know if maybe we account this as a pick. So tell me if this is ridiculous, or the fans will tell us that no, you don't get to win with this one. But the storyline of college basketball last year was the NIL. Oh, you went there. Uh-huh. You went there. I, it seemed like again, this was my if things go south pick. I think, and in all honesty, if you want to pick something that is that literally shifts the landscape of college basketball, NIL. So good or bad, um, probably storyline of the year just because it becomes your, it's such a good idea. Kind of like Kareem said, like in theory, it's such a great idea to compensate players for obviously Mm -hmm. all the hard work that they do and all the money that's made through them. Um, But now you see kind of that dicey side of it, kind of the, the corrupt side of it where you've got, it's a recruiting tool and now you've got players in the transfer portal going absolutely insane. And it's not like we haven't had this many players in the transfer portal before, but this year, why players are moving in conference and it's not really like in seeking of, yeah. op- of opportunities for playing necessarily, but it's very clear. It's like, oh, no, 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 no. This NIL deal is why you went there like that's And also we have so many players returning who may not normally do that. It has totally warped yeah. the way we do college basketball. college basketball. It's, it's, I, I think this, this has like so many perspectives. Like we saw Kareem's perspective. You'll have a different one. I'll have a different one. Joe Schmo will have a different one. For so sure. people are going to see NIL on your ballot and they're like, oh, I like that. Uh, I'm probably going to vote for him again. So you kind of, you really just scooped right in there and might have won for the second week in a row. A that. big, uh, I get, I, I, and it, we've done some writing on it on Mental Dimes. Jeff Tuck just um, did a little, did a, a write up on it about kind of how one and dones and the NIL and how that impacts them. Um, I just recently did an update on the state of the NIL just because it's moving into they they're trying to come up with legislation to try and regulate it, but that's going to take forever. And so the NIL I think is going to totally change college basketball for the next like five years. Yeah, hundred percent. All right, good pick, good pick. Let's go with the seventh overall pick in the Elite Eight for this week. I'm going to go with the Big Ten as a whole. Like, there's just – All right, so there could be the Elite Eight storylines from the conference alone, not just the whole nation. I was thinking about picking a conference. Oh, that was – Yeah, like next next week we could have done an Elite Eight segment on Big Ten storylines. So that's how (laughs) – First off, nine teams uh, went to the NCAA tournament from this conference. That is nine out of 14. That's pretty incredible. Second year in a row, and the only two times in the history of the Big Ten they've done that. So that's big time. Um, I'm going to get right into it. That little fight, scuffle, whatever argument you want to call it, between Juwan Howard and the Wisconsin (laughs) staff. That was insane. I, I thought he was going to lose his job. Uh, did he swing on somebody? or was It, it was like uh, it, he kept telling him, he's like, get out of my face, get out of my face, get out of my face. And then he like, the guy's like coming up to him and be like, no, I just want to tell you. And he pushes, like he doesn't like smack uh, him, but yeah. he like does like a face push. It was beautiful. It was like a lot of shoving and stuff. It was, <laughs> it was a mess. Um, there was other drama in the Big Ten this year. Uh, Maryland's head coach, Mark Turgeon, just up and left the program like, beginning of december yeah or end of november even um he's out of there maryland was not right the rest of the year um 
this conference, they had three of the five first-team All-Americans in the entire country. Um, Kofi Coburn, Johnny Davis, Keegan Murray. Um, Jaden Ivey was second-team uh, All-American. So they had four of the top ten players in the nation, which in one league. And that's not even – that's forgetting guys like EJ Liddell of Ohio State, um, Hunter Dickinson, Michigan. Um, who am I forgetting? Trace Jackson. You can just go on and on. Trace Jackson Davis. Uh, they just, this is a smart pick. Oh, from, my gosh. That was – From 1 to 14, so much talent. Um, every night was a grind in conference play. Uh, you got Nebraska, who finished 14th. They oh, ended up – they beat two ranked teams in the last week of the regular season. So there was, there was no cupcakes at all in the conference. You got drama. You got the success um, as a conference as a whole. Um, kind of underperformed in the tournament again. Well, they have two teams make the Sweet 16 out of nine. Um, Purdue was the big letdown. If they beat St. Peter's, they might have had a chance at the title going to the uh, at least the Final Four. So Edie's back. They'll do it again. They'll be yeah, They'll be but fine. Big Ten is always one to watch out for. So, for sure, that was a. Mm-hmm. I didn't even think about it. That is a brilliant pick. Yep. You snagged the conference. I was that was not on my list. So okay, yeah. I I didn't think that maybe you'd pick. So we're down to the final one here, um, and I'm gonna type this up into our graphic. Oh, um, shout out, by the way, uh, shout out Bank Designs, our graphic team, who's been kind of helping us out, uh, put all our basketball stuff together. We have Where a going with this. There, I, so I I know that you'll love this pick. So if you were voting, you might pick it for this one alone. I might vote for you if it's good enough. It's your boy, Jelly Walker. Oh, you did it. <laughs> I, which I, again i know he was probably on your list maybe yeah, a little bit lower I, but i couldn't talk about him anymore i feel like i mentioned him so much people are probably like wow can you stop being so biased it's like being shire man it's okay yeah. okay just if you fangirl him enough then they'll show up on the podcast maybe but i might pick, um, i might vote for you now on twitter with my <laughs> fifth I'll, I'll vote for you for your providence pick so we'll, we'll balance there but you got um, another accounts to vote on so I've got like my Mr. Hellman one, Mr. Hellman two, Mr. Hellman yeah. three account. Yeah. So you're the biggest fan number two, number two. <laughs> Mr. Hellman six foot five, number three. Like I got a lot going on here. <laughs> but um, yeah, step that I need to make that account. That's probably I'm just an account alone for my mustache that's it's coming. Got to get Not pictures ready. of it. Not ready. But for those of you who don't know who Jelly Walker is, first of all, his name is Jordan Walker. He plays for UAB, and he, um, I think UAB had a chance to be good anyway. But I, I mean, he puts them completely on the map. Conference mm-hmm. USA Player of the Year, Tournament MVP, First Team Selection, Newcomer of the Year. He came in from Tulane. He's, I mean, oh, awards. your list of awards for him alone is incredible. He ends up ranked third in the country uh, for three pointers made, eighth in three pointers per game. Yeah. Uh, 14th in total points scored. Uh, I, I mean, just an absolute baller. Walking bucket had multiple 40 yeah. plus games on the year, mm-hmm. which is absolutely insane. Yeah. Um, his name is Jelly. Like, yeah. Like, <laughs> I, I also found out another player on their team. Oh, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna forget his name. It's uh, but they, his nickname is is Butta. Butta. So oh, yeah, he's they, a fresh, he's an incoming freshman, I think. So yes, yeah, so maybe it did. Yeah, and Jelly. Running the if they have it. a peanut on that team somehow, someone's going to get that nickname anyway. They'll have peanut, butter, and jelly on the team. <laughs> that, 
is everything I want for college basketball. Oh <laughs> just God. you're just gonna have like, I mean, how many graphics of the you of of Blaze the dragon holding some peanut butter jelly sandwiches? Yeah. Like, there's got to be an NIL deal that of Smuckers is just gonna load him up. Oh God! Yeah. So by the way, Zach, Zach said he'll hook us up with uh, tickets to a UAB game next year. That's I think I'm pretty sure it's Mrs. Beringer. Shout out, uh, mm-hmm. who's basically our ultimate CEO, I believe. Uh, I think she went to UAB, so love right. that. Mm-hmm. Would and I know that you are high on the Blazers. You had a hot take Tuesday to start the year. Um, yep. Blazers final, final four. four. So with because mm-hmm. of this guy. Mm-hmm. So just for perspective, the the big reason I chose him, obviously because he's so good, but also because of the triple overtime game he had against Middle Tennessee. Um, it was the coolest game in the world to watch. He's got forty two points on the night. Um, I mean, he blew up Barstool Sports because he – I mean, everyone just started to love him because his name is Jelly, and you have all Jelly. the Barstool Sports yeah. guys who are just like, Jelly's the greatest thing ever. But um, I think he just puts you know UAB on the map. They're now obviously in title contention mm-hmm. next year for their conference, and just a cool storyline. Cool dude, yeah. lots of points, fun to watch. If you haven't watched him yet, just go see his highlights. He's like pulling up from 30 on the dime. He's uh, nuts. Yeah, he's kind of he kind of to me was like the Max Azmus of last season, kind of breakout yeah. mid major guard. Yeah. He just didn't have that long tournament run like uh, Oral Roberts did, for sure, for sure. So um, I along the way have been putting this uh, into our graphic again. Shout out Bank Designs for our graphic team. But here is what we have got, my friends. So let me take the banner down here. Um, me versus Shay again. Make sure that you go check it out. You go vote. Um, we're gonna post it up on all our social media. So the, the loss for Shay last week means that I get to write two social media posts Uh-oh. that Shay has to put up on all his social media. So be on the lookout. Could happen anytime this week. But Shay also can't say anything about it. So it's like if he says that, yes. um, you know, Trevor, my, my coworker, is the best looking human in the entire world. Like he can't then go on and comment and be like, this isn't true because it is um, yeah. because he said it. And it's now on social media. I think he already leaked one last week. If he uh, won, he was going to have me write something anti-catamount. You know. <laughs> yeah, but people are probably going to be like, "Wow, he, this guy's off his rocker today!" Like, he, all of a sudden, he hates Vermont. Says says the Blazers aren't even going to be in the conference yeah. tournament somehow. Like, what? Like, they're just going to lose first out? Interesting. So we I'm got I have, next to the tweet. I got a couple. Got a couple dialed up here. Um, little mastermind. But it, this week we have decided. Was it the Photoshop? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So this week's loser, whoever gets the most votes and wins, gets to take a photo of the other person. Uh, it could be any any photo. This could be interesting. Um, and they get to. You already know whose body you're going to be Photoshopped on. Oh, my God. I, <laughs> <laughs> Please vote for me, people. You're going to want to see this. It's a Jimmer for debt bod. I, I didn't say anything I okay, all right, that's fair. That's fair. Either way, whoever whoever's bot you put me on, it's not going to be a, a nice person. So winner will get to take a photo of the loser, Photoshop it however they want, um, in in an appropriate way, and then boom onto social media as well. And we're just going to keep going back and forth. If you have ideas and you want to send us, I have some punishments, uh, or you want to say like, hey, next week you should do this, like. My, I always like to look at like the fantasy football punishments. Those are always mm-hmm. a good time. But um, if you've got some stuff, please send us comments. Check us out. 
Everything will be on uh, Mental Dimes, NCAAM on our Twitter. It'll go through Mental Dimes. Zach has no problem promoting our shenanigans. So yeah. I think that'll probably through most of the Mental Dimes stuff. They're really but... on this Photoshop. Ah, man, I'm I'm actually, I'm excited about it. So again, two posts come to Shay, but make sure you go vote. And let's see what else. Oh, um, again, make sure you go check out the Mental Dimes store, mentaldimes.com. We now have got the shop. Go get your your swag for summer. That's what the kids say. Mine's in the mail from Alabama as we speak. Sweet. Uh, expedited overnight. Nice. Good. Important. Yeah. And um, again, big shout out to Kareem for joining us. Uh, really, really big thank you for getting him in here. Uh, a hard, hard guy to track down and, and sneak away for a half an hour in the school day. But um, other than that, I think, Shay, do you have anything else for good of the order here? Uh, I just kind of want to end it. Kind of wanted to end it. Um, if I win, I'm just going to let people know now. I'm going to Photoshop your face on Jimmer pulling up against Gonzaga. Oh, my God. God, that just like oh. I just like shuddered. Like, <laughs> my stomach just kind of dropped. That's a that is a PTSD yeah. trigger. So not even the fact that I had the better Elite Eight segment this week that mm-hmm. was reason enough to go vote for me. So plus I don't want to be zero and two. That's kind of I bat in a thousand. I don't yeah. know. Am I am I the the greatest Elite That's Eight winner ever? So Maybe. far you're undefeated. <laughs> All right, let's go ahead and wrap this up again. Please make sure you go check out uh, mentaldimes.com. Huge thanks again to our sponsors at Adelos and Kona Ice. Um, Other than that, guys, hope you guys have an awesome night. Big thanks to Kareem for coming on, and we'll be back at you again Thursday evening next week. And we'll see you there. All right, take it easy.